Jimmy, it's been four years. Since what? Four years of the longest April Fool's joke anyone has ever attempted. We launched this cast four years ago on this very day. We're recording on April the 1st, 2022. And it was four years ago that we launched this cast. And I, th- I think the jokes maybe come to an end. I think, I think I mean, we've done it long enough now. I mean, it stopped being funny after episode two. But uh, we just kept yeah, going because fair. dedication to the bit. You know, we do it for you, the listeners, who thought, is this bit going to keep going? Yeah, the bit's going to keep going. We dedicated to the bit. Yeah, we're kind of we're kind of in it now, really, aren't we? We have to sort of keep going, I guess. No matter how unfunny it is. I, and it's it's really unfunny now. I mean, we're bad at this. Like, real bad. It's just, just turned into basically a new show, really, now, hasn't it? Let's not prevaricate around the bush any further. My name is Jamie Adams. And I'm Ian McAllister, and this is Brainwaves episode 95, bringing you the best in tabletop gaming news. And these are the headlines for the week of the 4th of April, 2022. Kickstarter boots out the CEO. GameFound opens the gates. And as of a day, tilts at the future. All this and more on this episode of Brainwaves. In a blog post entitled Moving Forward with Gratitude, Kickstarter CEO Aziz Hazan announced he was stepping down. His resignation will be formally complete on the 4th of April, but Aziz will remain on with the company in an advisory capacity to help with the search for a new CEO. In the interim period, Chief Operating Officer COO Sean Lowe will become the CEO. Aziz said in an interview that personal reflections and a desire to spend more time with his family had led to the decision. He said, I'm so proud of the work we've done together, leading such a passionate, skilled and dedicated team through intense moments of change, milestone victories and complex challenges has been a humbling and rewarding experience. His resignation comes a few months after Kickstarter announced their intention to rebuild the site using blockchain technology, something they have said they will slow down but still seem intent on implementing. There have been several replies shared by backers of the site when they've complained about Kickstarter going forward with this technology, indicating that Kickstarter has no intention of abandoning its blockchain plans. Why would it? It seems like it's going to be, well, they say it's going to be a lot better for them. And in that world of Silicon Valley area, which I assume uh, Kickstarter is probably based, that's what they're doing. That is that is the future of technology at the moment. Well, I think... As I've said before in this cast, and I'll be saying again, I think a lot of the pressure on Kickstarter to implement blockchain technology is mostly coming from investors. And yeah, a lot of those investors will be Silicon Valley types. Yeah, I think a lot of that pressure is coming from there, whether Aziz has been kicked because he objected to those or whether he's just left of his own accord. Who knows? Please feel free to speculate in the comments below the cast. Uh, But it is interesting to see a change in leadership in what could be an extremely big year for Kickstarter. Oh, yeah. uh, Because there are other people chomping at their heels, aren't there, Jamie? Yeah, but uh, just before we get into that, I was just going to say, going back to Aziz's statement, particularly the bit going, leading such a passionate, skilled and dedicated team through intense moments of change, milestone victories and complex challenges. Of course, one of those being your employees decided to form a union and you had a major problem with that until eventually you capitulated. What would that be? Yeah. Would, that, would that be a complex challenge? Would it be a milestone victory? Anyway. Certainly not a victory. Well, depends on who you... Uh, D- depends, depends how you score the game, I guess. Depends how you score the game. 
Anyway, Kickstarter rival GameFound has been in closed beta for the last year or so, as it starts to expand into the realm of crowdfunding. Previously a back-end to manage rewards for some campaigns, it has been possible for a limited number of companies to use the site to manage a campaign from start to finish. In a post to the GameFound blog on the 29th of March, the company announced that it was opening the crowdfunding side of the site to all. CEO Marcin Sverkot said in the statement, Today we are going into open beta. Exact details of what does this mean, you can find below. But in short, we are open to all creators that will go through our background check. I am super excited about this next stage of GameFound. This hopefully will be more great projects, big and small. Creativity is flourishing. And our bigger part is aiding it with technological solutions. Now the piece goes into detail how to set up a creator's account and some of the requirements to host a project on GameFound. Unlike Kickstarter, GameFound is specifically tabletop gaming focused and all projects it approves will have that in common. I think out of all the sites that have, or the crowdfunding sites, GameFound, especially for the tabletop angle, is going to be the biggest challenge. There have been already, even in the closed beta sort of stage, there were some very high-profile games being uh, kick-started. Not kick- oh my goodness, there I go again. It's, it's become the verb, though, hasn't it? That's, that's one of the issues with something like Kickstarter is yeah. that it becomes the verbiage for the thing that we're doing. Of course, we're talking about crowdfunding in general here. And yeah, we've seen some very big projects, like we saw the reprint of Robinson Crusoe from Portal Games. Uh, Board and Dice have used it for several projects. And now they're opening it opening it up to everyone of course there are going to be some concerns i've seen some from smaller creators about whether they'll be able to take their audience from kickstarter to gamefound but if gamefound proves to be a a better site to set up your project a, a more friendly site to board game and tabletop game creators then i'm sure they're going to go a long way and it's definitely going to be a challenge to kickstarter you were mentioning one before we started recording jamie was coming to yes i backed uh, the game lawyer up from rock manor games a two-player card game about uh law that sounds really bad it's basically it's sort of ace attorney card game i mean i yeah i backed it purely because i'm a huge fan of the ace attorney series uh predominantly the first three phoenix wright games and the miles edgeworth investigations anyway that's not important but the original base game was founded on kickstarter founded on kickstarter it was funded on kickstarter i just needed i just needed to remove that o and now in a recent kickstarter update they said their second season where they're bringing in more cases will be funded on GameFound. i guess we might see some people doing a bit of both like we've seen with like indiegogo people doing like campaigns on one and then moving to the other to drag that audience across might see a little bit of that as well yeah, we'll have to see what GameFound brings to the tabletop hobby over the course of the year and where we stand at the end of 2022 with um, when Kickstarter inevitably releases all its numbers for the over the year, whether it's been actually impacted by the launch of a rival site. Going to be interesting. I mean, many things are going to be interesting. We'll need to we'll need to be careful about using that word because it's such a such a non-word in many ways. Oh, that could be interesting. Well, it could be. If I slapped Ian in the face, that could be interesting. How I could do it from Glasgow while Ian's in uh, the East Coast. I forgot where you live for a second. Delray? No. Dalkeith. Dalkeith. It's a lot of dals. If I could do that through the the computer, that would be interesting. It would also be incredible. I'd also end up with a very sore face on a regular occasion, I guess. I mean, it would probably go both ways. I don't know how many times you probably wanted to slap me. I've got a ta- tally somewhere. 
Anyway, moving on with the rest of the headlines. During the course of the pandemic, the world of digital board game adaptions has boomed and this culminated in the acquisition of Board Game Arena by board game giant Asmodee middle of last year. Well, now it seems that Asmodee are continuing their march into a hybrid tabletop and digital future with a link up with the Tilt 5. Now, if you're not familiar, Tilt 5 is an augmented reality system for playing tabletop games with your friends. It uses a special game mat, a controller and glasses, kind of like the 3D glasses you got for 3D TVs at the time, to allow you to see a board game unfold in front of your eyes on the table. Effectively, it's a board game console. From the announcement... The Tilt 5 system was developed with gamers and tabletop enthusiasts in mind and invites players to level up game night with the magic of immersive 3D technology. Using proprietary AR glasses, a retroflective game board and a wand motion controller, players can explore holographic worlds with their family and friends together at home or online. Now, all consoles need decent software support, and we at Brainwaves have seen many attempts at this kind of product come and go as the game support was just not there. Well, I think the one that we've talked about the most probably was Taburu, which I believe we first talked about in 2019 and then about a month or two ago it resurfaced. And we talked at the last Tabletop Scotland about it and go, I remember the conversation going something along the lines of, I hope it's got a good consistent lo- uh, lineup because if you have three games come out, say, and then you have to wait five months for, let's say, five more, that's you're going to lose people, surely. Absolutely. Well, it does seem that Tilt 5 might have at least some degree of support from Asmodee as the digital branch of that company has committed to bringing games to this new platform. CEO of Asmodee Digital, Pierre Ostrelan, said, Asmodee Digital's goal is to bring great game IPs to new platforms, and Tilt 5 offers a new way to engage with our games. We are excited to be on the forefront of this new technology and be able to offer our gamers an added level of immersion that they won't find anywhere else. The cost for this immersion, folks? $360 with only one set of glasses and you're definitely going to need more. Woo! I mean, lining up support from one of the big players seems like a great step in the right direction for Tilt 5. Fantastic move. This, however, does remind me of the days of 3D TVs. Remember them? They were going to be the next big thing, weren't they? Until they weren't. Until you had to like have glasses for everyone and make sure that one of your friends doesn't bring another friend along and you don't have enough glasses for them because then they'll have to sit watching a blurry film. It, I, I honestly don't know. I'm a, I'm a big advocate for apps and board games and I've used Board Game Arena a lot and various sites like that. I think they're great. I'm just not sure a dedicated board game console like this can work and how much of the game is going to be. That's going to be a kind of killer question to ask at some point. I'm going to echo my Taburu thoughts or our Taburu thoughts uh, from several years ago. And I still, you know, I think I said them last time. You need a consistent lineup, a consistent release schedule. Because that, because I I had a thought and I don't even know what it's got anymore. Oh, well. Yeah, I mean, it's it's adding some new problems. I mean, it. It solves some problems, like if you can play around a table with your friends who are in a completely... Like if Jamie and I can play games with each other across this technology by sitting at our table with our glasses on, that's kind of cool. I'm not going to deny that is cool. That is cool. And I've done a little bit of that um, with friends in sort of virtual worlds and that kind of thing, and and that is good fun. Just is it going to have enough support? Are we going to see a board game arena style thing with Asmodee buying at Board Game Arena and buying this. Are we going to see some kind of link up there? Could be interesting. 
will it be good enough don't know i mean I, i'll be really interested to see the tech if i get a chance to, if we get a chance to try out the tech folks we will and we'll report back to you on our, our impressions of it that's enough for headlines let's move on to some updates and a little bit of news Back in episode 88, in December of 2021, if you cast your minds back, we covered the changes that the Cortex Prime system was bringing to their community licenses, i.e. the ability to use the system in your own product. Much consternation was caused by the implication that Fandom, the company behind the game, would own a lot of the work creators were making, and that some of the language implied that they could clamp down on inappropriate material, a phrase often used to silence members of the LGBTQ plus community. Now, there's an updated version of the license, and things are looking, well, I'd say a lot rosier. Hopefully. Maybe. The new version of the text states that under the non-commercial license, your game, product, text, and all of your IP, names, places, situations, stories, lore, art, and fiction, remain your own. The new version of the license also gives folk the ability to charge using tip jars, pay what you want, and Patreon. I had to flick through the new license and I couldn't see anything about them clamping down on inappropriate material as well. It seems much more open. Uh, it is a non-commercial license, so generally you're not allowed to like actually sell the things you're making with their game system. But as Jamie said, there is a little bit of leeway there for people using Patreon, tip jars, that kind of thing, and pay-what-you-want models to earn a little bit of money from their systems. And there is some ways in there to protect some of the, the stuff that you make as well. You can basically say, no, this is not part of... The thing I've made is not part of the wider sort of Cortex Prime uh, base world. So yeah, seems good. It seems they've corrected some things. The CEO, I believe, did sort of uh, show some contrition. They said they basically rushed out their uh, initial announcement a little bit too early because they were just really enthusiastic about letting the community know and they kind of mucked up in the announcement and how they were expressing that. So it was a matter of sort of language rather than actual intention, I think, in this case. A little bit of sad news in the world of UK retail now. It seems that UK online retailer Dyson Dex has suddenly gone out of business. In a reply to one of the members of a gaming group on Facebook, the owner said, As an update for you, the site is closed, and I no longer have access to it or any orders that are outstanding. I personally don't want to put a statement out as it will inevitably be a platform for trolls. I'm happy for you to say you have spoken to me and that I wish to thank all customers we have had over the years, but in these crazy times with more and more retailers, higher post and packaging costs, price increases, and ultimately lower consumer spending, the margin versus volume numbers just don't stack up and we have had to close. There was a situation before Christmas that landed us in financial difficulty and we have never recovered. It's never been the company's intent to deceive or defraud any customers, and we would urge any customers that have outstanding orders to put claims in via PayPal or their credit debit card companies. Even debit cards can be charged back via the customer's bank. I've been through an emotional, financial, and mental roller coaster, but since letting go, I'm feeling better, which confirms it's the right decision. Many in the comments below that post expressed sympathy for the team, but some were also annoyed that they could no longer contact the company as Dyson Dex had taken money for pre-orders that they were now no longer going to be fulfilling. We hope that the owner of Dyson Dex and the team there all find new employment soon. It is sad to see a company like this go under, uh, but they could have handled it a lot better. There's obviously been some surprise that it's gone under so suddenly. Some people have lost money, which they hopefully will be able to get back through places like PayPal and and questioning 
charges on their debit and credit cards. But is this something we're going to see more of? I saw speculation from a couple of other retailers that we're going to see more struggle as margins are squeezed, as prices go up, as postage goes up. It's likely we're going to see more of this kind of thing over the course of the year, a bit of a shrinking of the sort of online retailers as the ones, I I believe Dyson Dex, I never used them, but I believe they had quite a lot of sort of discounts and were trying to be very, very competitive on price. And that has obviously just not been the way to, to make money, unfortunately. Yes. I think we're absolutely going to see more of this. I think yeah. when the pandemic has hit, I know the pandemic is an easy thing to blame, but it really is a big issue. Funnily enough, it was a global pandemic that it has hit retailers, both bricks and mortar and online very hard. And more recently, certainly in the UK, we're seeing a massive squeeze in the cost of living. Energy bills are going through the roof. People are paring back the money they're spending on luxuries. And let's face it, much as we love board games, they're definitely a luxury. So yeah, it's going to see much less spending on that sort of product. So if you want a top money-saving tip from your friendly local board game tabletop gaming podcast, buy less games. We know. It's a weird thing for us to say. No. Be happy with... You know, in some ways, be happy with what you have. Or buy secondhand. Or buy secondhand. Secondhand, brilliant. Adopt, don't shop, I believe is the phrase. Except that's more for like animals, not board games. Although... I, I, which, which I would totally recommend. I have two adopted dogs. They're lovely. I thought you were about to say I've got two adopted board games. I mean, <laughs> I mean we have both... I was about to say we've adopted board games. We've, we've swapped board games with people. So certainly, I don't know if it's adoption or we've taken games off people's hands or I don't know. I'm sorry. My mind is mush. Anyway, Jamie, I want to be the best, the very best there has ever been. So Ian, yes, I am the best of the best of the best. Well, I'm not really, but I, I, I like to think I am. Well, prove it. Okay, I'll put my pawn where my mouth is uh, and I'll prove it at the World Series of Board Games. Yeah, the World Series of Board Games is happening, folks. Taking place at the Bally's Hotel in Las Vegas, Nevada, USA. From September the 28th to October the 2nd, 16 games have been chosen to shake the wheat from the chaff. They are Seven Wonders, Acquire, Azul, Brass Birmingham, Carcassonne, Catan, Dominant Species Marine, Dune Imperium, Gaia Project, Great Western Trail, Ra, Splendor, Terraforming Mars, Ticket to Ride, and Wingspan. The Cultural Juggernaut. Over the first three days, each of these games will produce a single winner. Those 16 winners will go on to the semi-finals, where four games will be picked randomly to be the final four tables, with four players at each. No player will play the game they won to secure a place there. The final will take place in a similar fashion, with rules in place to make sure that no player in the final is playing a game that they won the qualifying round for. Now, that does sound very complicated, but also... It's got to be complicated because there's a lot of money in this. Yeah, there's all, all. If you want to go and check out how they're doing this, all the rules for the competition are up on the site that we will link to. First place, twenty five thousand dollars, and the coveted World Series of Board Games title bracelet worth three thousand dollars. Second place gets ten thousand dollars. Third place, five thousand, and fourth, one thousand dollars. I got to say, I love the fact that there's a bracelet. A, a coveted bracelet. Yeah. Coveted. Yeah, bracelet. Coveted. Yeah. 
iconic. Ubisoft iconic. Uh, I find it quite interesting, the games that have been picked. Now, I don't know if... Let me do that again because I have my uh, hand in front of my mouth when I was talking about The games that have been picked, I think, are quite interesting. I think there's a slightly Mm, heavier lean towards, I guess, what is more commonly known in the industry as Euro games. A little bit, yeah, definitely. There's nothing really that would classify as, and I don't like this term, I like to remind everyone, Ameritrash. There's not not really anything like that in there. It's very much more strategic games, definitely more towards the sort of Euro game style of, of product so yeah it's yeah, i guess it's an my, my, games. my rationale i assume for this you think you see something more traditional there though like chess or drafts or something right i i don't think so because i guess they have their own thing exactly they are they are big enough on their own terms now these games are great i know you understand that these games are there's a lot less luck involved it's a lot more you know that skill that ability to read your opponents you know i don't want to say I don't want to bring, you know, it's always oh, poker-like because reading your opponents, but also so many of them are building engines or deck building. It's a lot of building. It's a lot of building, folks. Yeah, it's all strategy. And presumably you need to know all those games going in and you don't know which games you're going to get drafted for. I mean, you, over the first three days, you can sort of choose which games you go and try and get into the top tables for. But after that, it's very much down to a bit of luck uh, what games get chosen. So... Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I'm sure we'll report on the winners come September time. We'll try. Now, Ian, you have a choice. What what What's game that? What game are you going to play in your uh, opening round? What Ooh, game, do you, what game uh, do you think you'd have the best chance at? I only know a few of these. I'm going to say out of those, probably Azul is the only one I know relatively well to play. I'd like to play uh, some Junipurium. I haven't had a chance to play that yet. It looks intriguing, but... Out of all those games, I think I know Azul the best, so it would have to be Azul. Honestly, I have absolutely no idea what I'd pick. Part of me thinks uh, Ticket to Ride, but I've only mm-hmm. really played it at two and three players. I've never really played a big game, so I'd, I wouldn't enter. Fair enough, you can be my cheerleader. Sure. Anyway, there's a couple of conventions coming up in the not-too-distant future, and they have moved their dates. The New York Toy Fair has announced it is moving to new permanent dates after originally cancelling its 2022 dates during the Omicron surge in February. Its new dates are going to be the September the 30th to October the 3rd. Alongside this is the temporary movement of the Gamma Game Manufacturers Association Expo to late April 2023, after the show was cancelled in 2021. Gamma Executive Director John Stacey told ICV2, The entire month of March was sold out when we looked at possible dates. We didn't want to go earlier due to Nuremberg and New York Toy Fair, so we had to look at April. They had two options available, Easter weekend and the 24th to 28th, so we went with the later date. I'd have preferred March, but we will take what is available. So yeah, a couple of dates that moved there, so do be sure to put those in your diary if you're attending, folks. Anyway, Jamie, coming back to my idea that chess should have really been in the World Series of Board Games, there's been some controversy in the world of chess. Oh, yeah. I mean, chess is a, is a high-stakes game, mate. Now, Sergei Karzakin, Russian chess grandmaster, has been banned by the International Chess Federation, or FIDE, or FIDE, I'll call it FIDE for this, uh, for six months, meaning he will not be allowed to participate in any ranked fight championships this is following comments he made regarding the russian invasion of ukraine 
FIDE's Ethics and Disciplinary Commission concluded that the statements of Sergei Karzhakin, which, by his own choice and presentation, can be connected to the game of chess, damage the reputation of the game of chess and or FIDE. The likelihood that these statements will damage the reputation of Sergei Karzhakin personally is also considerable. Karzhakin stated he did not intend to appeal that decision, but still qualified it as shameful. Another notable Russian chess player, Sergei Shipov, has also been examined but not sanctioned. The commission said, In comparison with Sergei Karzhakin, Sergei Shipov is considerably less known and has, therefore, a less powerful platform. The statements made by Sergei Shipov are of a slightly different and less provocative character than the ones made by Karzhakin. Now, this is in addition to the official announcement of the moving of the Chess Olympiad from Belarus to Chennai in India. Now, it was moved from Belarus because of Alexander Lukashenko and protest against him. And then the Russians put in a bid and then the war with Ukraine started up and it's now in Chennai. Uh, Russian and Belarusian teams have been banned from competing at the Chess Olympiad. Told you, man, high stakes game's important. Good for fight, to be frank. Yeah, great. Simple but powerful message. Like it. Anyway, people who won't be the game banned are our lovely, lovely patrons. Thank you so much for continuing to support the cast, especially James Naylor and Sean Newman, our executive producers. Uh, we'd love for you to join them and get an extended version of the cast and our forward-thinking articles that we put out every month, giving you a little sneak peek of what's going to happen in the coming month. Uh, you can do that on our Patreon, where there's a variety of ways to support us, including getting lovely t-shirts from Sir Meeple. You can get t-shirts with the logos of uh, Giant Brain and Brainwaves on them. You can check those out. Uh, they're very, very nice t-shirts. Go and have a look. Here's the question. Who uh, do you who do you root for? The giant brain or brainwaves? There is a hard split. Is there now? I don't know. I'm just manufacturing conflict. Fair enough. We'd also like to remind everyone that Tabletop Scotland tickets are now on sale. They just went on sale. Uh, I have booked my hotels. I'll be picking up my tickets soon. And it is going to be an excellent event in August in Perth. Jamie and I are going to be along. Uh, we're going to be going around, playing some games, maybe getting involved in some seminars, that kind of thing. We don't know yet. But yeah, we're definitely going to be there playing games and seeing exhibitors and doing some recording and that kind of thing. And we'd love to meet up with some of you there and play some games as well. It's going to be good fun. We aren't committed to anything yet, so just hoping to go along and play a bunch of games over a weekend. It's going to be good fun. Anyway, Jamie, a little bit of Monopoly before we leave. Yes. I'm, I'm back, folks, with Monopoly. And it's a new edition of Monopoly this time, uh, based on a beloved, quiet mountain town that has not been controversial in any way whatsoever. Nope. No Surrey Bob. That's right. Take Cartman, Stan, Kyle, Kenny butters or token around monopoly south park collector's edition all the way from kenny's house at soda sopa all the way to cartman land via the bus stop and canada among others build clubhouses and playgrounds collect fecal based station equivalents or chow down on snacky s'mores in place of a community chest and cheesy you know those things i'm not going to say it in place of chance it's south park monopoly again I realise I, I realize I feel like I'm scraping the barrel here, but... I mean, there's a lot of Monopoly. There's a lot of Monopoly, and we could have done Britney Spears. Again. 
<laughs> Thanks very much for listening, everyone. If you like what you've listened to, then the best way to help us out is to share the podcast and drop us a review and rating on your podcast or your podcast player of choice you can also follow us on twitter instagram and facebook uh, you, you can mostly get in touch with us on twitter but if you really want to chat with the team the best way to do that is via discord uh, there'll be an invite link to our discord in the chat where we talk about news articles that we're going to be doing on upcoming casts play games chat about all sorts of things board gamey computer gamey food drink pets all sorts of things Come and, come and chat to us. We'd love to see you in the Discord. You can also get in touch with us by email at giantbrainuk at gmail.com. Thanks so much. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye for now. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.